0: Is fear contagious? And can a fear be greater than some of its parts? I mean, we've talked a lot about fear around the fire of the enemy patrol. The reason we've talked about it so much is the way society's going. Uh, People are becoming more and more controlled. And we've talked about how fear is a tool that's used to control people. Then there's the phenomena that, you know, how it works, how fear works. It short circuits, the logical and the rational part of your brain really is what it does, you know, if you think about it, it, if you get jumped by a bear or snake or something that's dangerous, your brain doesn't spend a lot of time trying to analyze things and figure things out either, it either has to fight or has to run away. So what would be the result of a constant, low-grade fear? Like, say, that bear was following you and you couldn't seem to shake it. That would put a great stress on the system. So our mind begins to look for relief from anywhere, and we'll listen to anyone who promises a return to normalcy. Does that sound familiar to you? Fear is an emotion that must be controlled if you're going to be a thinking human being. I think it was John Wayne said, courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. We all like to think we have courage, or at least we like to think we're not a complete coward. However, learning to face our fears is only one step to relief. There's more to it than just being brave. In order to take back some agency in our lives, we also need clear thinking. A sound mind. There's not much clarity out there these days. Disorientation rules the day. The world is as confusing as it is scary. So, where do we find relief? Well, if you want to hear more of this discussion, well, have a seat by the fire. You have found the frequency of the (laughs) Army Patrol podcast. Stand by for new Alright, welcome to the fire of the enemy patrol. I am the Anomic Ranger, your very own reality scout. See, the way it works is your scout. I give you information you can use as you move ahead in this adventure called life. And I always remind you, you are the general in the campaign. You're the one that organizes things and makes things work. It's you that has to make the ultimate decisions. You're humble reality scout. I just give you the lay of the land. So you can either use my reports in your journey and adventure through life, or you don't. I just tell you what I see. A take it or leave it thing. If you want to know more, you can subscribe so you don't miss one of these reports from the enemy Patrol, and you can also take a look at my website, anomicranger.com. And if you want to send me an email or need to get a hold of me, you can either do it through the contact portion of my website or you can send me a direct email to HQ at yahoo.com. And, um, I try and get to all emails, but as you've probably noticed, my ability to put out both my writing and this wonderful podcast called The Enemy Patrol has been dropping lately. It's just um different job, more to do. I haven't been sitting on the couch, but um, I'm going to try and at least put something out twice a month. That's my goal anyway, and I will endeavor to persevere Anyway, if you like what I write or if you like listening to these podcasts, well, wherever you listen to it, give me a good rating. Um, subscribe, like I said before. Put a comment in there. But most importantly, share with a friend. And I can't stress how I put more importance on that than anything. Because I do this, I don't get paid to do this. I enjoy doing this. I enjoy sitting around the fire talking. And I do it because if I can help just a few people, Just kind of get things figured out a little bit in life. Use my information. If it'll get you over a tough spot or it'll get you through a confusing spot, then I will have done my job and this will have all been worth it so yeah these are all the things that you can do and also um i always uh, give this at the beginning too i usually break these into a couple parts i'm thinking about changing this up and i know i said that a while ago but i don't know i still got more things to say under these same headings but i break it up into three areas the veneration of the normal man because the normal people are the ones under attack right now and they need to be venerated and then the second one is lies found in society, and that one's getting tough to do because, well, it seems to they they're blending together more and more often. How the normal man's under attack, and, and the lies are, well, they're everywhere. There, there's so many lies; it's almost like it would be maybe more interesting to do one on the any truth you can find in society because the lies are so abundant. But anyway, we were talking about uh, confusion and fear and how they go together. Now, one usually follows the other and they take turns leading one another. If you think about it, it happens on every scale. Fear can breed panic and confusion in a crowd trapped by a fire, say. I mean, it, it's it, they get so scared, they get stupid and they run around in circles and, and keep beating on on a, on a door that, never going to open or they when if they just drop to the floor and find the exit that's why they have all those big red exit signs everywhere because when people get scared they're not thinking and they need to be let out with very big signs and I suppose the smoke would have something to do with it too but I mean even look at a lot of people they get lost out in the bush and they run around in circles until they fall down in exhaustion and freeze to death that happens in my part of the world more often than then, um it should. Because if you just keep your wits about you and stay out of the wind and, oh yeah, keep an edge on your knife and your match is dry. Well, there's a good chance that you probably can, if you just can control the fear long enough, you probably can figure out, to, you might be hungry and you might be cold, but you won't die. So, then there's the other side. But I said one can lead the other. So, the other one, think about, in, uh, it's obviously smaller than fires or freezing to death, but, You know, say you're in a social exchange, you're in a group or whatever, and people are talking and you say something really dumb um, and everybody gets quiet. That leads to a low-grade fear. I mean, your toes curl because you know that you've said something and now you look stupid. And what that gives you then is a fear of being on the outside of that crowd. You've said something wrong. So, yeah, confusion can follow fear and fear can follow confusion. This is the plight of the normal man we're forced to deal with the real world we face real dangers and we face real interactions on a daily basis now what if that confusion and fear could be weaponized Let's think about what the normal men throughout history have done when they've done extraordinary things. You read about how everyday normal men marched by the hundreds of thousands to be ground up in World War One. Then They would argue whether that was confusion or bravery or <clears throat> whether that was the right thing to do, but by golly, you certainly can't say that they were not brave men. Normal men have went against the odds to design and build great engineering marvels. <clears throat> I remember one time I visited the Hoover Dam and, and looked at pictures and, and what men did, you know, hanging on the sides of those rocks and how many men died falling in the concrete. And it was a very dangerous endeavor, but by golly, they tamed the forces of nature. Men have conquered their fears and faced their own oblivion unflinchingly in the past. But this is only when they believed in the struggle and possible death, believed in why they were doing it. They just looked at the odds and they looked at the chances and they said, I got to do what I got to do. And they went and did it. You think about a, a 17th century sailor on those big tall ships, or maybe 18th century, let's make them bigger and taller. He just had a job to do, yet he faced death in the middle of the night, reefing sails up while standing on an ice-covered spar way high up in the rigging, and the ship would sway in the storm, and the rigging would go out over one side of the ship, and then out the other side of the ship, and meanwhile he had to pull sail up and tie it off so that the wind didn't rip it into pieces. usually pulled his fingernails off in the process trying to reef the frozen canvas, You know, the the world was simple then. There was no mental descent. He had a job to do. He had to save his ship. And he was judged by the job that he did. And if he died doing a good job, then, well, people would say, well, he, he was a good man. He was a good sailor. He was a good miner. He was a good soldier. But the world was simple then. His call to personal responsibility was on his plate. That's what he did. So what are we to make of our society today that's so fractured in belief? I mean, if they could get by those troublesome times and do those dangerous things and move ahead in believing that what they were doing was important, wouldn't you say a society today that supposedly is made safer and better and, and everything, don't, don't you think that we would be not so fractured in our belief? Just think about it this way. What if it was engineered to be that way? A con job. Fear and confusion are cousins. And they probably work the same. So fear and confusion will hold some of the same attributes. So let's let's explore that a little bit deeper. Like I said in my intro, fear can be contagious. You know, if if a group starts to get scared, they they become they, they make each other frightened. Everybody's seen that before. I mean, let's face it. You know, you, you've seen people watching a horror movie, or you've you know seen around a campfire, and 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 somebody starts telling ghost stories, and a few people get scared, and then more people get scared, and yeah, it's contagious. How about what I said earlier about it being larger than the sum of its parts? You know, there's there's this little thing and that little thing and something else you're not sure about. The uncanny begins to take over, and fear can grow due to an unknown. So does that mean that fear can blot out knowing things? Well, stick around because I'm going to tell a story. I even gave it a name. It's called Ranger's Raw Fear at Otter Creek. And you're going to want to stick around for that one. All right, so I got to set this up. It has to do with when I was a younger man and I had a job to do working in the gas field. <clears throat> and um the way this works is there's a there's a gas plant and you have to you have to both um compress and dehydrate the gas before it goes into the main gas line. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you you have to um bring in all the gas from all the different wells and you bring it into one spot and you put it through this big compressor and you compress it to a higher pressure and then you run it through all this other process where it basically takes the water out of the gas. And some gas has a lot of water and it. it has to be dry before it can be shipped out cuz otherwise everybody's gas would in their houses would freeze up before it ever got there. So Anyway, So these gas plants were usually way out in the bush somewhere. And this one that I had to go to was called the Otter Creek gas plant. And I had call outs. There was call outs on it. So if the gas plant went down and there was a problem with it, this you wake up in the middle of the night to this spooky mechanical voice going, Otter Lake gas plant, plant shut down, gas low, DC power fail. Something along that line. And you'd go, oh, good Lord. And you'd look at the watch and go, oh, man, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. And then you say, oh, wow, well, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I think I think um, uh, Coast to Coast with Art Bell is on. So at least that's something. So you can get your provisions ready and, and you get in your truck and you head out. <clears throat> and it was a stormy night. That's a good way to start out a scary story. Eh? It was a dark and stormy night. But anyway, it was. It was really bad. There was thunderheads moving around. There was lightning. And and every once in a while, it would just pour so the windshield wipers couldn't even keep up. And uh, I had about th- three-quarters of an hour drive on pavement and good gravel. And then I had 16 miles of really bad road. It was a winter haul road, which means that they would build it like a normal road, but they wouldn't put any gravel on it. they just... It was just, in the summertime, it was just mud basically. So I had a pretty good four-wheel drive truck and I had to get in there. So I'm roaring and blasting and I got Art Bell blasting out and the thunder and the lightning is just cracking all around. I got to crank the radio right up. So, I mean, it's loud in the truck and I still remember the story. <clears throat> it was, uh, he was interviewing the, <clears throat> the guy from, uh, he had owned a house and he was the, Amityville horror that that horror show it was the actual quote-unquote semi-true story behind the haunted house of the Amityville horror and the like, guy could tell a tale it was creepy I mean the actual house you know things that happened in there I don't remember all the stuff all I remember is I got right into it I mean it just sucked me right in and of course the night was perfect you know forked lightning and rolling thunder and roaring my way into this gas plant and by the way i should tell you going into this gas plant this gas plant had no electricity i mean it had like 12 volt to run some of the control systems but there was no lights out there i had to do everything out there with flashlight and when it shut down i mean it's dead it's but not as dead as you think i'll get to that so i roll up on this dark gas plant and there's still big thunderheads, the thunder's still rolling, and and uh, everything's muddy, and and but it had um the, the rain was cold, and it had been a warm day, so this fog grows up. So there's this fog all over in the spruce trees, all around this gas plant, and this thunder rolling in the background. And get out your flashlight, and you go into a building. And let me tell you, when I said the, when he said this thing was shut down, I mean it was shut down. It wasn't running, but a gas plant is a it's a well, it's a spooky place because things groan and they hiss and valves open every once in a while and and uh, uh, sometimes even things move like as as the because it shuts down and it depressures everything. But then as the as the um, as the uh, wells begin to pressure up, it lets more gas in and you have to start opening valves to get it going again. And sometimes compressor pistons can move and move like the whole engine and everything without really starting it. So let's just say it was a creepy place and i started to remember how my boss used to joke that, that we had so many problems with this plant maybe it was built on an indian burial ground and so your imagination starts to take in and it's taking all this stuff in the amityville horror guy the with art bell the the darkness the fog the the lightning and thunder in the, in the background and then this moving hissing groaning gas plant everywhere and I'm supposed to be analytical I have to be figuring out what's going on here and then I have to get this thing started up in the right like I mean I had to go to, from A to Z and I had to do everything right to make this thing work and I couldn't do my job I was too spooked out my my, I was jumpy and I kept looking around with the flat. and I couldn't track my mind I couldn't make my mind work on the things that it needed to work on Pressures, temperatures, what shut it down, what what things are flagged. I mean, I had to go through it, like I said, step by step, and I couldn't do it. I had to slot back over to my truck, get in, crank the engine, sit there, have a coffee, and have a good long talk with myself. I quit being an idiot that you had a job to do. So yeah, that's the story. I got a hold of myself, and I got it figured out, and... This is how we know that fear and confusion go together. One can lead to the other. They can be bigger than the sum of their parts. It works together like a machine. When we need to be ice cold and analytical, like we do right now in this world, it's just like me trying to figure out how to start that gas plant. Losing focus at the wrong time is going to lead you to nothing but defeat. Fear needs to be controlled. Confusion needs to be dealt with. And that's where we are right now, out in La La Land. We think our government has our best interests at heart, and they don't. Also, right now, it's my belief that the governments in all the Western world are scared spitless right now. I think they've overplayed their hand. They want a compliant slave class who can be ordered around and manipulated. But the ruling class, I think, in our culture right now they are more than aware that if everyday people wake up to the plan so what's the plan see it starts to sound like conspiracy theory but it's not it's build back better and it's it's you'll own nothing and you'll be happy and it's there's too many people on the earth and it's oh let's look to the future of transhumanism i mean my own prime minister even said oh this is a time for the great reset yeah it's not conspiracy theory. I don't even know if it's a conspiracy anymore. It's out in the open. But I think these, these guys know that if, if anybody actually thought for a minute and they actually got the true picture of what they are telling us that they want to do, they are telling us what they want to do. They're scared that if people actually figured out, they'll be torn apart by angry mobs. I honestly believe that. I think if everybody had a moment to think, and I guess that's why I'm doing this, I want, you got to sit down and think, you've got to figure this out, because they are telling you what they're going to do. And if you follow it down, and you just don't sit back and go, oh, wow, it's the government, they'll figure it out. No, I'll let the big brains figure it out. It's like, no, they figured it out for you. So the bottom line is, how do they do it? Well, what they do is they have a constantly changing narrative right now and that is causing confusion like you wonder like oh governments are idiots and you know and there's all that stuff and the news about what biden is doing this and oh he's so stupid and blah 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 no i don't believe it no oh, i mean i mean i don't think biden's I, I don't think he's hardly even there but the people that whoever's got their hand up his backside and making his mouth move they've got it figured out and I don't think there's a move that they're making right now. I'm not saying they don't make mistakes because I think they've made a mistake just in how fast they're trying to push this. But <clears throat> anyway, this constantly, this constant confusion is creating its own fear. It be, it, this is becoming increasingly scary. And that puts in, excuse me, that puts in the everyday joe a craving for somebody to take charge. I think it was um, H.L. Mencken, is that how you say his name? M-E-N-C-K-E-N, Mencken? Anyway, H.L. Mencken said, the whole aim of practical politics is to keep the populace alarmed and hence clamorous to be led to safety by menacing it with an endless series of hobgoblins, all of them imaginary. This tension causes people to become angry, even violent to anyone who questions the narrative of the problem solvers. And we've seen that. I mean, you get one person going, oh, that Fauci, he's full of crap and somebody else is all angry and like, oh, what makes you so smart? Cause they, they want Fauci to figure it out. They want to go back to normal. They want life to go back to the way it was. So where does this leave the normal man who's craving normalcy? Well, Just from what I've said here, I think anybody can see that where we're left right now is is that the normal man, the everyday man, has this giant red pill to swallow. I know the red pill has been used to death. First I had a, I just, in my notes I won't, I just read a giant pill, but you may as well make it red and then there'll be some segment of society that knows what I'm talking about. The cognitive dissonance between the narrative that our people grew up with, our ancestors grew up with. You know, you vote in a responsible government who hires civil servants to look after the running of the free country. That's the way it was supposed to work. That's was the mandate. And most people to this day, to this very day, even all the stuff that's come out, you know, about a bad government or about, about, um, <clears throat> well, I mean, they, they believe in drug companies, even though, I mean, when was the thalidomide thing, the thalidomide babies that was in the sixties. Well, they, they just, oh, that was an anomaly. Yeah, but it doesn't matter if it was an anomaly. Look at how it was handled for so long. And that's, that's just one story. So you have this cabal of worldwide elites. This is the reality of it. And they're manipulating money and politics in order to control the globe and depopulate the earth. They want to bring it down to, uh, what is it, 500 million people, half a billion and then they're they're not this is not conspiracy theory. They write about it. Wasn't it Gates who got up and he was at a, some kind of a talk or something and he was talking about oh we gotta control the amount of people on the earth and if we do a good job with and one of the things he mentioned was was vaccines. Well I think we're seeing it. So let's let's put this into a perspective. This is a giant difference. You know, a government that you vote in by the people for the people, all that. And then they hire people to be civil servants to the, the population, you know, to make things happen, make things work to this. Um, I don't know. Cabal. What do you want to call them? Elites. Um, the ruling class—they're showing us who they are. I mean, you just—you just have to look at the media, and, and every once in a while, a picture comes out. You know, Obama—he hey, has his big party, and only masks up. and even they even had a little little commie cough outbreak through that, but they never get criticized for it. But oh, you got to make sure you get those masks on those four-year-olds in school. So. Let us think about this difference and let us quit with, with the big picture that they keep shoving at you. There's no use being scared of this giant hobgoblin, this cough. when it's being used as a tool to, and it's a small thing, and it's being used as a tool to control you, to keep you scared and to keep you confused. They keep changing the game. 15 days to flatten the curve. Um, um, Oh, as soon as we get a vaccine, things will go back to normal to, well, we might need more than one vaccine and oh, you still need to wear a mask and it just, just, they look like idiots, but it's on purpose. It's, it's, it's a feature, not a bug. So one way to assuage your fear is a lot like how I had to calm myself out in the darkness of the horror of Otter Creek gas plant. I had to sit down and pick apart and differentiate reality. What was really going on from emotion and the emotion had been caused by all those myriad of little lies, even the story about, well, from Art Bell and and Indian burial grounds. and, And I had to separate all that out from just the fog and the thunder. And the it just, it was just creepy. So I had to pick up all this apart, remove the emotion, get my head on straight. And lest you think that, uh, I mean, the thunder was real and the 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 fog was real and the, and the dark gas plant and running around with a flashlight trying to figure things out, that was real. That's really spooky. Never mind ghosts or hobgoblins. I mean, if I didn't have my wits about me right and, and didn't do the flashlight right, you never know. I might have blown myself up or something, but probably not. There's a lot of safety stuff on those, but anyway... Let me just tell you, this is a real disease. It really does kill people. But the reality is not measuring up to the hype. And if you can study it and look at it, look at the numbers, look at the average age of people that have died, look at the whole PCR test and what a silly thing that was. And, and then you compare that to our, our yearly flu season. Some seasons are worse than others. You get a flu that goes through and people die. And the drug companies restaurant and making injections, you know, vaccines for that. will get you flu shot, and they're notoriously ineffective. I don't, I don't remember what the actual numbers are. You can go and look it up, but usually they get it wrong. But none of this is a fundamental. Or none of this is an excuse to make big fundamental changes to our society, and that's what they're using. That's they're using this hobgoblin of of the commie cough the. the flu manchu, whatever you want to call it. So we got to start thinking about this in our minds like it's a bad flu. Like wash your hands, avoid crowded areas when there's an outbreak. Um, Keep your health in shape, you know, diet, lose some weight. Um, Take your vitamins, get some exercise, get fresh air, get some sunshine. Keep your body healthy. You know, when you think about it, and this is a bit of a rabbit trail, but I'm going to go down it anyway. If you think about it, <clears throat> um, I remember I, I think we've gotten sloppy as a society with our hygiene. I I guess that's what I want to say. And I'll back it up with this story. As this thing broke out with this whole, you know, commie cough, uh, Chicom flu <clears throat> I was sitting around talking to my wife and and her mother was there and we started talking about how the older people like um my mother-in-law remembered her mom. And I remember my grandma and 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 the, this 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 old grandma culture and all their fastidiousness about cleanliness. I mean, wash your hands. You wash your hands before dinner and you wash your hands after dinner. And you know, and all the rigorous cleaning. They would scrub and scrub and scrub and 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 cans of Lysol spray. I mean, they were everywhere. They were in the bathroom and they were under the sinks. And it's like you scrubbed surfaces and, and you kept things clean. And then we talked about like older hospitals, you know, they had white tile floors and and white enamel metal um, or chrome or something like like metal and everything was white. It was a sterile environment. There was a reason for that. It's because you could go through and you could scrub that and there would be nothing left for bacteria to live on. You know, and people started thinking that, oh, we got to advance. we got to make hospitals better. And so they started, you know, low lighting and carpets and comfortable chairs and rubber plants and magazines and pictures on the wall. And it's, it's nice. I mean, it's a lot more relaxing, you know, as compared to, I remember the old hospitals. You know, they echoed. There was hardly anything in there. Everything could be sprayed and scrubbed with a big brush. But... They also have done studies in hospitals and find out that those places are like they're like germ sponges. They're nasty dirty cuz the only way to clean something like that is you'd have to steam clean everything. I can just imagine a hospital pulling money out of their budget to steam clean the rubber plants. Anyway, I believe that all this stuff was fallout from the Spanish flu cuz we started going through the generations. The Spanish flu was what 1918, I think. And so my grandmother would have been trained by her mother who went through that time period and all those people, you know, dying from the Spanish flu. And that was the big thing was, yeah, it was, they got into masks for a while, but they soon figured out that those didn't help. I don't know why we're back into it again. Fauci himself wrote an article about how a lot of the people with lung problems during the Spanish flu was due to mask wearing. But for sure, they, boy, they learned how to scrub stuff. I mean, they were going to get rid of every germ and every virus just by spraying it down with bleach and Lysol and Pine Sol and all the rest of it. So I think we have to look at this and we have to say, you know, this is what it is. This is always going to be around. You know, you do what you can do. You wash your hands when you come out of the bathroom and you, you know, make sure you throw your snot rags away and, and you... You know, cough into your elbow. that's all fine. I mean, even just for spreading just regular infection. Stay, try and be cleaner. But quit thinking that some government mask mandate or rounding up the unvaxxed or, you know, coming up with flu shot or shot after shot because now they're talking about, oh, well, the first two aren't even going to do it. We're going to have to keep giving you boosters. Like they want to keep sticking those needles in you and draining you of health and cash until you're dead. I mean, that's, to me, that's what it looks like. And I hope that these people that believed in the vaccines, when they hear that they're going to have to take a booster, some are even saying maybe every three months, if, you know, if a new variant comes out. Well, there's a lot of Greek letters left in the alphabet for all their variants. So I, it, it just, none of this is going to make this boogeyman go away. It's here now. It's here to stay. So it's time to find some courage long enough to think this through. So bad flu, or do you want a totalitarian world dictatorship bent on depopulation and control? I mean, really think about it. And they said it: you will own nothing, and you will be happy. So if you own anything, I mean, I even I read the article. Go go read about it. You won't even own a toaster. You will put in to borrow a toaster. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's. I think it's time everybody just gets over this already and figures out where to draw their line in the sand. And I think it's also time to move along here. I think it's time that we should take a look at the lies found in society as if we haven't been talking about lies all along. In this section of our talk around the fire, it's kind of becoming redundant, like I said, as if we haven't been talking about lies all along. Because the lies are now so large, and they're so numerous, and they're so brazen. I mean, what is the point of picking out the lies anymore? Everything is coming at people. Everything is coming at most of the population, most people. And I I don't care if you're a TV watcher or your radio listener. I mean, those two, I mean, that's just... That's probably a hundred percent propaganda now. But even the internet, I'm even starting to look at some of the things and even the people that we call more on the middle to right end of things. I don't know. Really everything that you see in the mainstream is theater, but it all serves a purpose. And also I think even some of this other stuff, I think it's purpose and they're allowing like some to be there. they would consider, oh, really right wing or something, you know, anybody to the the right of Chairman Mao, basically, they have a purpose. And the purpose is to silo everybody into separate camps. It's a divide and conquer thing. I mean, you think about it, it's like, in the last, oh, I mean, you could go back a long ways, but I would say just Lately, the last 15 years. I mean, it's white and brown and black and young and old and gay and straight and men and women and left and right and capitalists and socialists. And now they're going to try and work in the vax on the unvaxed. You get the picture. The globalists, they want us to blame and yell and write memes and have marches and point out absurdities and atrocities because that stops everyone from seeking the truth. Really, really. Seeking the truth. Stop thinking that just because you can pick out what an incompetent puppet Joe Biden is or what a pompous bully Donald Trump is, that somehow that means you found the truth. No, you found a camp, you found an echo chamber, you found a place where you can feel justified and and you can feel virtuous. I think what you got to do since we're not really talking about lies in society here, we're actually talking about how to find the truth. I think you have to turn off the noise of the internet, turn off the noise of your phone, and search your soul. Look for your own absurdities and your own blind spots, and have some humility. And then I think you have to find an organic flesh and blood community. You have to open your eyes and see the people that are around you. I mean, even if they don't, they wouldn't fit in your silo and they wouldn't want to be in your silo. You might have more in common with them than you think. We've been so divided up now. And then I think also we have to find something useful to do. Stop pointing out how hypocritical the other side is. That's worse than useless. And it's completely pointless. I know this sounds like uh, it's more like practical steps than lies found in society, but we'll, we'll get there. I'm, I'm, you know, I'll am i recap this for you. Don't worry down there. But uh, when we get to that point, I think we have to carve out what is real in life and find the rock to stand on. And, you know, I'm just going to throw in here. I think you should ask your creator to guide you in finding the truth. I mean, I know people are going to howl, but, you know, old ranger, he's going to get all religious. But, you know, even an atheist could improve their thinking by looking for something bigger than themselves. By forming your own belief system based on what is truth, it will help you to become less confused. That will help with the confusion. You've got to turn off the noise. It's there to distract you and fracture you and fractal your brain into into just. It's overwhelming. I mean, half the people half the reason so many people are confused is that they're 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 trying to work within a system that's inverted up is down good is evil dark is light i mean it's very 1984 you know truth speak and you know love is hate or hate is love it's been too long since i have read the book i only read it a couple times and i hated it every time and and uh but it's it's like they're using it almost like a manual I mean, especially as far as changing the language part of it It's like this IV drip of insanity going into you constantly when you stay plugged into this stuff. And this is how these Luciferian elites are destroying our culture. It's time to pull out the tube by shutting off the noise and learn to think for yourself. Now that's going to make you a little bit scared because there's a lot of people out there. Like I hope you've tried to think for yourself but there's a lot of people out there, they haven't had to think for themselves for a long, long time. They just watch their television and they listen a little bit to their neighbor, unless their neighbor's a kook who doesn't watch television. Or they go on the internet and they got their groups that they go to and they just they just keep getting reaffirmed. In, 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 oh, if they say something wrong, so well, you shouldn't say it. Well, then they change and they say, okay, well, I guess I better not say that because you don't want to get kicked out of your silo. I think you got to learn to take control of what you still have. And you got to start with your mind, learning to think for yourself. I think you got to learn to love the truth in that. Learn to love, learn to love the people around you. Even the batty ones can show you some truth. I mean, watch out for the dangerous ones. I'm not talking about sitting around singing Kumbaya. That went by the wayside with the 60s generation. They didn't even follow it. I think you got to learn to love good food and sunshine and music and beauty and on and on and on. There are so many things out there to love. And you can still do that at this point. But if you don't start right now thinking for yourself and, and learning to look at things in a different way, then you might end up in the end even defending those simple things that you used to love. Okay, so now this puts you on a path. Okay, you're feeling a little less confused. More understanding of the difference between what the screen tells you that the world is and the actual reality of the world around you. You begin to see a difference. So what about the fear? What about the fear that you still have? Well, it turns out that fear is fed by lies. Think about my horror story, Rangers Raw Fear at Otter Creek. Think about that my mind was playing a narrative of lies like a bunch of dancers in a row all choreographed to bring about this almost breakdown of my thinking really this is the key i'm going to give you the key so pay attention What if I lose my job? What if nobody accepts me? What if I'm all alone? What if I get arrested? What if I get fined? What if nobody accepts me? What if I get jailed? What if I get shot? What if I get loaded into a cattle car? Now, I won't say that everybody's mind goes all to those places, but it could. This is what goes through your head when you think about standing up against these lies, this giant wave of narrative that just comes crashing down and has so many people held in its thrall. This is what your mind thinks about. I'm going to have to go against the flood. I'm going to have to go against the narrative. I'm going to have to go against what my doctor tells me. I'm going to have to go against what my boss tells me. I might even have to go against what my mother tells me. And on and on and on. Now, I'm not saying that if you stand up, you might lose your job. You might end up kicked out of your silo and all alone. These things are possibilities, but are they all true all at once right now? See, you're fearing a possible future, just like a possible disease. And what I was thinking about a possible paranormal intervention of Indian ghosts, manipulating a gas plant to wrap its pipes around me and pull me into the earth or whatever it was I was jumping about. It's the same thing. I mean, look at what you've given up already fighting just the possibility of getting a disease, a disease with a 99.87% possibility of getting through it with nothing. Look at what's been taken away from you already. They're putting masks on children. They're putting people in jail. They're pepper spraying teenage girls. They're, they're knocking pregnant women to the ground and handcuffing them. Over the possibility that some people might get a disease, which they probably will survive. It's time to start looking at the big picture. And maybe the biggest picture we got to look at is that God is truth and Satan is the father of lies. Maybe it's time we got looking at the fact that God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind and perfect love casts out fear. So like I said, learn to love your life. Learn to love your freedom. Learn to love your friends and your family and your God. And the fear will be cast out. There will be some who will howl, this is getting too religious. Well, surprise, the other lying side went spiritual a long time ago. You don't think that science hasn't become religious? The masks don't work. I've read four reports and they come from places like MIT and John Hopkins and places like that, they don't work. They're forcing people to wear them as a symbol. You know, and I've heard people say something like, well, if there's just the possibility that it might, it's like, no, no. If you really looked at numbers and you believed something that silly, you would never get in a vehicle again because the odds of you dying in a traffic accident are astronomical compared to this. So that's like saying, well, I'm not going to get in a car because there's a 3% chance I'll end up in a pileup. You know, when the numbers get that down that low, you don't make decisions based on those numbers. You make those decisions on the fact that you are not going to put a mask on my child. I do not want to live in a world where my toddler grows up, never seeing the bottom half of people's faces, hardly ever. And the lockdowns, they've proven those don't work. But you got to do your penance to this religion anyway. You see what I mean? It's like a religion. So if they can promote their religion, and I mean there's a lot more to their religion than just that. I could go on and on and on, but time wears on. The lockdowns don't work. That's penance for their religion. It's not science. <clears throat> anyway, it's really turning out that the, well, the whole world seems to be moving toward the paranormal slash spiritual side rapidly. Um, I think there's some wild times coming in this adventure that we call life. So I think it's time. It's time to pick sides now. It's time also to move along and let's look at a few practical steps or at least I will be Reiterating some of the things that I've already said as practical steps. All right. Usually I started this one out and I'm sorry if it disappoints you. I usually start out with the couch speech, you know, that thing when I was told a kid, get up off the couch and get outside and get the stink bullet off. You're not going to learn nothing watching that. Well, I did it anyway, but that's pretty much what it was. And I would always give this cause you know, when I started this podcast, when old ranger first started giving everybody these, uh, this reality scout information, it was like the world's going to change here really quick and you better get moving. But the way things are going, Man, if you're not moving by this time, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Unplugging from the screens and getting away from the boob tube is vitally important, though, for your sanity now. Literally, it's not just the wasting the time issue of it. Now it's you plugged into that. They've got you. I mean, some of these practical steps i have already, like I said, I've already kind of sprinkled into the whole talk. So let's review them and then I'll maybe add a couple more. One of the things I said is stop with all the memes and the finger pointing. I like a good meme as much as anybody else. And I get a chuckle out of some of them. Some of them are very creative. And I mean, I'm not saying there's something wrong with it. It's just the whole idea is the finger pointing the, Oh yeah, you said this, but now you're doing that. And, and, Oh yeah, sure. You want everybody to wear masks, but you throw a big party and nobody wears masks. and, you know, just just quit howling over it. They they don't care. The woke don't care. They will lie. They will cheat. They will do it right in front of your face. And then they'll look at you and tell you it's your fault. And it's all lies. It's like children. It's like you have a whole bunch of children in a room, you know, and one group cheats and steals all the toys from the other group and the other group stands there and howls and jumps up and down points unless there's an adult in the room unless there's somebody there that's going to mitigate it and say you children you can't do that that's not fair yeah well you know what there's no adults in the room there hasn't been adults in the room for a while now so stop pointing fingers and howling find something more productive to do with your time all right let's look at another one where I said, find an organic culture that you can connect with. And what I mean by that is I know it's nice to be online and I'm doing this podcast online and I put my, my writing online and, and I get emails from people and I understand the concept of finding like-minded people on the internet. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. What I'm saying is you also need to find the organic people, the meat space where you can deal with the people around you that are right close to you in the real world. Don't get fussy. Don't just only pick a group that always agrees with you. Think more in terms of proximity. You know, like, I think I gave it as an example one other time when I was talking about this, but you know that little old lady, she might watch CNN and she got her jab and everything. And you might go and talk to her. You might, if she needs some groceries, you might go picking up. Pick them up for and, and she might cook you a nice meal sometime. Like whatever, the people around you learn to see them and learn to uh, love them for just for who they are. Like I said, if if they're toxic, then you can't you can't accept that. But there's a lot of good people out there that are just they're just confused and they're scared, which is exactly what we've been talking about. The other thing I said is learn to love life. Start really simple. Start with just being, having gratitude for the little things. Fresh air, sunshine, food, clean water. Place out of the rain. Start simple. Work your way up. Learning to love life and learning to love this adventure that is life can be as simple as I have a place out of the rain right now. I have a way to keep warm and I have some food to eat. Learn to love that. Another one I, I will add now, I think, I think I'm past the ones that I mentioned before, but learn to face your fears. Everybody fears something. It could be as simple as something like public speaking. Well, then speak up in public more. Go take Toastmasters if you have to. Just If you're scared to death to public speak, then face that fear. Just learn to taste or taste. Learn to face some of the fears in your life. Take some risks. And maybe while you're doing that, one of the things that everybody's scared of, they don't want to face their personal weaknesses. That's important. Because the next thing I'm going to say is, you have to do as a practical step, is work on your discernment, work on your wisdom. You are a product of generations of engineering, social engineering, and you are calcified by this clown world, both sides. I mean, there's just as many ignorant people on the left as way far on the right. I mean, I thought Trump was, you know, in some ways he was a pretty, pretty good dude. But there's some Trump supporters that just, that's all they know. Well, just whatever Trump says, that's what I'm going to do. Well, you got to get past that. You have to start breaking some new ground by cultivating some humility and understanding that you're going to make mistakes in this adventure called life. You're going to make some mistakes as you seek the truth. You're going to make some mistakes, mistakes, as you learn to think for yourself. If you learn to get some humility in that, it will go much better for you. Your position may not change on some things as you do this, but your openness will your ability to hear people will, will get greater. I'm not saying that everything that you think you know is wrong. I'm just saying that by cultivating a little bit of humility, you will be able to hear people better and it will make you wiser. I mean, that's one of the things that what I do and it's right on my website, it's old paths and new directions. So, when I start talking about seeking your creator, I, you could call him higher power. You could call it whatever you want. It's like, why? why? Why should I do that? Well, because it helps you to see the bigger picture. It makes you have the ability to see mankind's struggle between good and evil. It's been here before. This has been going on a long time. Old paths. Find the wisdom there. Have faith in something bigger than yourself, bigger than the politics of today, bigger than the economics that's around you. Find some faith in striking onward. That's new directions, old paths, new directions. Anyway, that was, that was a big load of practical steps. I will just uh, recap them very quickly. Stop with the finger pointing and the memes. The woke don't care. Find a real organic culture, real people, flesh and blood that you can connect with. Learn to love your life. Learn to face your fears. Work on your discernment and your wisdom by cultivating your own humility. And maybe seek some of the old paths. See and read And listen to that man has been here before. This is old. This is old paths. And then once you can do all this and then grow some faith in yourself, something bigger than yourself and bigger than the politics and all the stuff that's going on today and, and get that faith to keep going onward, put one foot ahead of the other on this adventure. And that's new directions. Anyway, so that ends my talk of the, around the fire of the enemy patrol. I hope this has been a benefit to you. If you feel it's a benefit, then please share it with somebody else. Share with family, share with friends, share with enemies, share with frenemies. I know that right now there's, like I said before, there's not much content coming out. I promise you, like I said before, I'm not on the couch. I don't care about fame um, I just want to add my voice to this confusion and hopefully maybe it helps even one person. And if it'll do that, then it's worth it. That's why I always say share the show. Anyway, like I said before, you can find me at anomicranger.com. You can send me an email to AnimePatrolHQ at yahoo.com. And don't forget, until we meet again, Keep an edge in your knife and your match is dry because life is a one-time adventure and you got to learn to live it that way. So, vea con Dios, eh?